there and welcome to Thrive Church Podcast here in Puyallup, Washington. We're so glad you found us and hope you enjoy listening to this sermon of the week. All right, how are you doing today? Good. Awesome. Um, well, we've been uh, we've been in our values series for the last seven weeks. Today is our final message, uh, and this is the finale. So this is going to be like the best one yet. So, how many of you guys have been enjoying what we've been doing, talking about our values? Awesome. There's, there's three of you. That's that's really good. I've been enjoying it too. So <laughs> didn't give you much chance there, but um, yeah, I just I've been having a lot of fun just talking about what it is that makes up who we are what do we what who is thrive and what are we about and where are we going uh so it's been a lot of fun talking about that and hearing from our team um doing that so yeah I love what different ones of our team carry uh, as they bring the messages and and share their hearts so um our our subtitle for the Thrive Value Series has been Building Blocks for Transformation, and that's, that's, that's really what we believe. We believe that these values actually will help us build the transformation that we want to see in our community. Help us not only to build it out there, but where do we build it first? We build it right in here first, right? We build transformation in here, and then we bring it with us everywhere we go, and that transforms the world around us. That's that's what we believe. So uh, that's been what we've been going after. Um, you can see this the overview there. I'm not even going to touch that because we've gone through all seven of them. Uh, today is our value for people, and uh, I'm really thrilled to uh, to get to uh, to introduce Nikki here in a minute because she's going to be awesome when it comes to sharing about people. Um, our, our Thrive mission statement, and we've been hitting this every week as we've gone through this series, and, and I just want to I want to speak it out again and just share with you just what it is that's in my heart about this: expanding God's kingdom by igniting transformation. We're called to be transformers. That is something so strong in my spirit, uh, as God has spoken to me about a, a lot of different things. He's called us transformers, uh, and you can picture that in a lot of different ways. Like we can, we can see us transforming society, uh, just bringing transformation. But if you like, just want to picture us like transformers, like the little robots that turn into cars and stuff. It works just the same. It's the same picture because it, what it is is we're shifting things around us. Uh, you know, one one way you look at us, we might look like normal people. But when you look at us in a whole different light, we're actually people who are have power. We have all these uh, extra powers that that uh, that we bring to the table. So I think that's a good picture. So expanding God's kingdom by igniting transformation through vibrant growth individually and globally. It is our goal. It is our desire and our passion to see each one of you growing in God. When we're growing, it brings life to us and to those around us. That's what it looks like. And that's actually what creates that, that um, transformation that we want to see is when we're growing. And I'm talking about growing for, from everyone from three years old to 90, 97. If you're 90, I hope you're not 97. You don't look 97. So, but from every, every single person, if we're growing, we're going to be vibrantly bringing transformation to the world around us. That's just how it works. Amen. Awesome. 
So like I said, I'm excited to bring Nikki up here and have her share what's in her heart for this value of people. Um, I know she carries this. This is why I asked her to, to preach this message because she carries this very thing in her heart. And so I'm excited to have her come. I honor her for who she is on our team. Really appreciate the the, the value that she carries. Uh, when we're, we're valuing people, I'm taking a second to value her. Uh, amen. <laughs> so she, uh, she brings a lot to our team. She has... Uh, kind of a different um, view, viewpoint than, than the rest of us on the team. She has a real teacher's heart that, that sees some ways that, that I personally am not very good at seeing. So oftentimes in our meetings when we're talking, she'll bring something that's like, I never thought of it quite like that. But it really it kind of uncovers the gold that's in there. It uncovers the beauty that, that I wouldn't ever see. And so I really value her and appreciate her. And I know that you're going to be blessed by what she shares today. So could you welcome Nikki as she comes? All right. We'll get your stuff. Well, you actually have a real one. I know. Nice. Oh, okay. <laughs> We got a hammer and a glass dish. I don't know what that's going to mean, but it could be fun, right? Should we expect shots? <laughs> I did warn my husband. He says, what are people going to think you show up at church with a hammer? I'm like, they should think I'm really good at breaking things. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You can see that teacher's heart already, right? She's like, she wants the visuals, all the stuff. <laughs> awesome. needed everything today all right so today we're talking about our value for people and I hope you have heard what I've been hearing is as we've been talking about all of these different values which you can see right here on the wall they build on each other if we didn't have a value for presence we wouldn't have a value for revival it would be incongruous to not value the presence of God but have a value for revival we, we can't get there without the first thing. We can't get to having a value for our community unless we also have a value for revival. Having a value for unity having is part of having a value for community. And then Angie just spoke um, a week or so ago on our value for family. This is really just the next building block on that because if we don't value family, it's really hard to value individuals. And so this has just kind of been the big trickle down, started with the presence of God and, and revival. And then we've been trickling down all the way down to, we value the individual and it, everything that God has done in you and what he's doing in you. So I just, I really wanted to review because I'm a teacher and teachers review. So what we said about family is that we believe that each person thrives in community with others. So we create opportunities to foster deep relationships within the church. We are not just an organization, we are a family. And I've heard this from several other churches, several other pastors, and I just love that God seems to be emphasizing this all over the place. That the church is not your average nonprofit with the board of directors. Your church should be a place where, number one, you belong, and number two, you can grow. And so if, every, if this is happening all over the body, that means a lot of people are coming to a place where they're finding belonging in the church, and that's a wonderful thing. So this is our value for people. 
Our statement, whoa, is that all people are made in God's image and therefore eternally valuable to him and us. People of every age and every situation are important. God can and does use everyone. And I really want to teach on this. It's so big, it's so packed with amazing words and what they mean when you, they get put together. But in the end, we're kind of going to unpack this a few different ways. Okay. So, God's plan for our growth and God's plan for our growth is through other people. You don't really grow very well without other people. You don't grow, you don't mature unless someone else kind of pokes that in you sometimes. You don't and even a baby cannot grow and mature well without family. It is not good for man to be alone. That was the lead, what the second thing God said after let there be light and all that other stuff. And then the next thing is, it is not good for man to be alone. Why is it commanded so many times in the Bible to take care of widows and orphans? Because it's not good to be alone. We need family. We need community. We need other people around us. Um, I've been really working through a couple of things. I tend to get, I'm an introvert, so I like to be alone, but I tend to get lonely, so there comes to be too much alone time, but I really value my alone time so I can recharge. Um, so one of my scriptures I've been going to has been Psalm 16, verse 3, and in the message it was really powerful for me because it says, these God-chosen lives all around, what splendid friends they make. I put this on my fridge so I could just kind of lean into that every time I got hungry um, <laughs> and pray into God, where are these chosen people around me? Open my eyes. Let me see who you've already put around me so I can know who is it? Because, you know, it's not everybody, but God has placed people around you and he did it on purpose. Um, and I had to go back to a couple other versions because it doesn't say it that way all the time. Because when I saw this in the NAS, if you look at the bottom, as for the saints who are in the earth, they are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. I don't know about you. That doesn't mean anything. I don't really care. I didn't put that on my fridge. I don't get it. Why, God? What, what are you talking about here? How come the message really stirred something in my heart, but the NAS did not? So I had to look it up. Of course. Had to look it up. Um, so the other translation, the, tra the Passion Translation, is what you see in the middle. And he said to me, my holy lovers are wonderful, my majestic ones, my glorious ones, fulfilling all my desires. I thought that kind of pulls out a little bit more, that God has not only ordained certain people to be around me, but he has made them wonderful. He has made them glorious. And through that community, it fulfills all my desires to not only recharge and be alone, but also to be around the right people who not drain me, but recharge and spark something in me. There's enough people in the world that drain me that I need to be surrounded by other people who recharge me at the same time. If you look at Psalm 68, 6 in the message, I think. It says that God makes homes for the homeless. In the NAS, it says he makes a home for the lonely. I had to go through lots of translations to kind of dig this one out. And the third one down there is the Orthodox Jewish Bible. I love this one because sometimes it pulls out a word that means more than what I thought. Elohim sets the alone ones in a family. 
and then in the passion. To the fatherless, he is a father. To the widow, he is a champion friend. And to the lonely, he gives a family. It's not good for us to be alone. He is so strategic about this that you see stories all over the place about how he takes people out of being alone or out of a situation where there's just not a lot of people around them and he sets them in a place. Look at the story of Ruth. She had nothing left except her mother-in-law and sister-in-law and the other sister-in-law left. There's nothing else. And yet the mother-in-law says, I'm going to go back to my land. And she says, well, I guess I'll go too. And look what happened. So I want you to repeat this after me. Well, not after me, but with me. Okay, so all together now. Because we are a family, we do life together. Because Ruth suddenly had a place to do life with Naomi and with a community and be absorbed into that, into what was going on at that time, she got you know, radically transformed, if you want to look at it that way. She went from being a widow with no children and no place in society to becoming someone who is listed in the genealogy of Jesus. I don't know what internally had to happen for that to happen, but I know she had to be in community for that to happen because otherwise she would have stayed a widow forever. And then, and then what? Um, the church in the New Testament, the word for church is ecclesia. And it actually means called out ones. I've been reading some uh, historical fiction for a couple years now. And I love what they've done with the New Testament description of the early church that you don't quite get in the book of Acts. You get it a little bit. But I needed more description. So what I kept seeing and kept hearing is that the church were people who didn't quite fit. Because once you believe in Jesus, you're not a really great Jew anymore. But if you were a Roman who believed in Jesus, you're not really a great Roman anymore. And if you were one of those other people who didn't have anything and now you believe in Jesus, where do you go? Suddenly you're all misfits and you're all the wrong puzzle piece in the wrong puzzle. And they became the called out ones who came together, who brought all those puzzle pieces together and they became the early church. They became all the pieces that we have built a lot of our culture on because we continue to look back at Acts as a phrase. Not as a phrase. I'm looking at the wrong word. We look at them for a good example of what church should be and what we see is they keep coming together over and over again. Why did they do that? Partly because they didn't really have any place else to go. They had lost a lot of their culture. They were being outcast from different parts of society. They were not fitting in. Where do you go? You come together. So if you don't feel like you're fitting in where you are, that's okay. Just come together in here because you fit really good here. People are most important. There is gold in you. If you were here for our for Angie's um, preaching about family, who you really are is how God made you to be. And the more you are who he made you to be is who your true identity is. And all the other stuff, like being an introvert, that's just one tiny piece of that. That's not the whole picture. That's not the whole gold. And maybe things like... Um, you know, how God made you physically. Oh, he made me more muscular. He made me more thin. That's just part of it. But who you really are is what that stuff is on the inside. I am joyful. I am a lover of people. I speak life to people. I am generous. I walk in abundance. That's just part of who I am so much more than maybe some labels that I've put on myself. People matter more. 
So because people matter most, and church is not a business. We don't see church as a business. And if you're here for the first time, we're basically a church plant. So this is all new. That's why we're going over really foundational things because we're not treating this as a building that's been here for 30 years and we just happen to only be this many people. We're something brand new. So we're treating everybody, all of us. We're all brand new here. We don't have a history here. This is something new. So that's why we're doing all of these things, but really to also establish where are we? and are we all on the same page? I think we are, but let's say it so that we know for sure. So, our value for people means we see each person's significance and their beauty. You are of such a high value to God. That song, I know it's been on the radio and a lot of churches are singing it, but the reckless love of God, and it just keeps coming. Man, I almost wish the radio would stop playing it so much because it keeps coming. But it's so important to hear that Jesus would leave the 99 sheep for one, and I was that one. Yeah. You were that one. Right. Wow. What are the other 99 sheep thinking? Are they thinking, he better come back? Or are they thinking, oh, it's all good. He would do the same for me, and I'm glad that he did. I'm fine here, so he'll be back. Because of our value for people, we don't look at your latest mess. We don't look at your latest struggle. We don't define you by that. We define you by who we know you to be on the inside. And so sometimes that means that you get a little polished up from a friend. Says, you know what, I know you are more than that. Sometimes I gotta call my kids up and say, you are more than that. You're more than a kid who doesn't eat vegetables. You're a strong and healthy person. <laughs> that means, we got to get the vegetables in you to fully become who I know you are meant to be. Because we are family, we look for the gold in each other. Right, let's say that one together. Because we are a family, we look for the gold in each other. It means you are welcome to find the gold in me. And if there's something in the way of that, tell me. We welcome that. That is just a part of our culture. If there's something in the way of me being awesome, I just am giving the whole room license to tell me about it. I am, actually, and I did that. I did that. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I love the church as a family, and God's method of maturing us is really mining the gold. Sometimes there's gold you don't see in yourself. We, I've stepped into a lot of new things over the last year and discovered things I didn't know I was good at, things I didn't know I was passionate about, but suddenly God has set something on fire. I'm like, whoa, I care a lot about that one. How would I have known unless there was a community and a family around me to kind of push me into something new or think about something new, just say something new? So let's sing, stay this one together. Because we are a family, we bring our gifts. Mother Teresa had this great quote. I had to double check it, but it says, I can do things you cannot, and you can do things I cannot, but together we can do great things. This is the church. This is a lot of organizations. That's why we get together and we make organizations like the PTA, because the PTA doesn't work when it's five people. And I hate going to PTA meetings where there's the president, the secretary, the treasurer, and two people who don't want to be there. You don't get anything done. You don't get any fundraisers done. Your kids are not going to have any pizza parties at school. 
in order to have a successful organization or community, you have to be there. So whether that's your HOA or a PTA or, or whatever, or your church, we need people. Right. We need everyone to do something that I can't do. I can't do a lot of things. But you can do something, and you can do something, and you can do something, and together we bring something different. So because we're a family, we are here to serve. In Acts 4, 31 through 34, it says they were all filled and they spoke with confidence. They were united as one, one heart, one mind, and no one among them was needy. Wouldn't that be amazing if every church worked so well that there was not a single needy person inside any church? Wouldn't that be amazing? There would be no financial need because you were in a church community that was so healthy, it got taken care of. What if the only people utilizing community services were people who didn't have a church? Or what if the community services were tapping into the sources inside churches? Like, oh, this church does food banks really well. This church does clothing banks really well. This church does housing really well. It could be amazing. The whole community could be transformed. We could end homelessness. We could end child hunger within churches. And then our community resources wouldn't be just, you know, all this other stuff. It would mostly be networking. Oh, you need to go here for this, here for this, here for this, here for this. We could basically have church fairs. And all the churches would come and bring their gift and be like, oh, we can meet all these needs. End of story. What if there were a whole bunch of investors who were able to solve homelessness and a whole bunch of churches who were able to solve the food problem side of it and other people who could solve the employment side of it and we could all do that? What would that look like in Puyallup or Tacoma? And we'd have a whole new reputation around here, you guys. Puyallup would be the beacon. Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't that be so exciting that we would never see needles down on the riverwalk again? We'd never see tarps. We'd never have to wonder why are these people here because we knew there was hope for them. We knew there were services for them. And we we did it. Yeah. Just the body of Christ coming together, bringing what they're good at. Yeah. I can't remember what the next slide is. <laughs> Family is a good place to be vulnerable. Family is a great place to take risks and try new things. But even in a family, you need some boundaries. And boundaries mean that you are being powerful. And we fully empower you to do that. If you need to have a strong no so that you can have a strong yes, bring it on. We are not here as a church family to cross your boundaries. So if you say, nope, I don't do stuff Saturday nights. That's family night. Fine. We totally respect that. If you need to take a vacation, by all means, take a vacation. Don't let the church schedule run your family. So, but if we're asking you to take a risk, maybe it's because there's something amazing in you you have just haven't tried. Or maybe there's a need that we need filled. You might be the perfect person. You won't know until you try. So let's say this one together. Because we are a family, we are growing in maturity. Anyone who's a parent or even over the age of 18 probably can recognize it's not so cool when there's an adult who's acting like a child. And we all recognize if there's a developmental delay, that means we want to inter we want to have an intervention 
there's lots of resources out there for developmental delays because we want that child to grow up and meet their milestones if that's a physical delay or a mental delay it doesn't matter we want to get them to as far as God can get them and sometimes that might mean some therapy it might mean getting services there's no shame in that but even here that means oh man you're a new Christian there's room for that you should totally be a baby and bring it on the milk of the word and bre- and just play time in the Holy Spirit awesome do that but if you've been a Christian for 30 years and you have never gotten beyond that this is a good place to get a little bump and say okay we're it's time to try something else you might be ready to disciple someone you might be ready to be a mentor to someone you might be ready to pour into someone have you tried that oh are you scared of that me too that's good why not we're gonna all grow in maturity and if you're finding a church that pushes you to grow then you're in a good place if you're in a church that doesn't care then are you really in a church are you ready or is it you know a PTO that prays I don't know I'd rather be in a church that nudges me along hey I want you to try this thing um, because our value for people is seeing each person's significance there is no senior Holy Spirit Woohoo! there's no junior Holy Spirit I know Anna poured into my kids for a lot of years with kids church and they sometimes hear God and I need to be ready to hear it it doesn't matter if they're eight doesn't matter if they're six and it doesn't matter if it's my grandmother Holy Spirit's the same it might get expressed with the different words but he's the same am I ready to hear from him everywhere am I expecting my kids hey you know what you might be going through an awkward phase but that still doesn't mean you can't hear God also doesn't mean that you can't share what God's given you and we'll help work through the immaturity or we'll help work through the expression of it we'll help you in um, they're not listening to me right now <laughs> so I think that means I get to tell stories about them right <laughs> so if they're going through a thing and they don't want to be up here holding a microphone maybe they can tell me what God told them and I can deliver it for them but that doesn't mean God didn't speak to them and it doesn't mean that it isn't just as powerful as something he's told to me it's all there there is no playpen there is no like kids church back there they're not there because they're less valuable they're simply there to make sure we're meeting them on their level because honestly sitting here for 20 more minutes might kill them they're or we're gonna have to or us and we're gonna have them running laps in the room to make sure we get their energy out at least back there we know we're meeting them in an age-appropriate way but we totally expect the Holy Spirit to meet them in nursery in kids church in every way and they might hear stuff that we need to hear so I'm gonna do something different there is um, a Japanese art form and I'll probably mispronounce this but I think it's called Kintsugi and if you look at this bowl it was clearly broken but it's still a bowl and in this art form they fill the gaps with an epoxy and then they sprinkle it with gold dust and it becomes more valuable after being broken okay so hang on here will that work there we go okay no 
So I got this bowl because it has a great design. It has very intricate design. I didn't want something really blank. I wanted you to be able to see the pieces. The bowl has a purpose. It could hold water, it could hold soup, it could hold fruit. But, this is the part I'm good at. Okay, move that for a second. Which one of you is this? Together we make a bowl. Apart, I might become part of a mosaic. I might become part of a mirror. I might become part of some amazing artist's piece of art. But this might be you. Where do you belong? Without the big picture, what was this? If we didn't see the bowl first, is this a plate? I don't know. Maybe you don't know where you belong right now because this is all you can see. But if that's all I see, who's this? What is this? It's not even smooth on the back. Well, now it's flying. This one at least was smooth on the back. Okay, inner and outer, got it. This one is smooth only on one side. So there's definitely a missing piece on the back. Where does it go? Where does it fit? What problem does that solve? So this is one method. Another is called the joint call method. Taking pieces from different objects and putting them together to solve the problem, to make it usable, to make it more beautiful, to make it art. This one is filled, those big spots are filled with gold embroidery thread. Doesn't it become more cool? I mean, it was a great vase, but this is just amazing. This one makes me stop and stare and makes me think, I am never putting water in that, even though it probably is waterproof. I would never want to put water in that to diminish its art. If you can't see this, it's tiny, I mean, maybe they're not tiny, but it's a whole ton of teapots. Which teapot got to say, I don't want to be there? Which teapot got to say, I don't fit. I don't see the big picture. I don't see the vision. I don't know where I go. No, I don't want my handle to stick out like that because my handle is funny. But the artist, the creator of this knew, I want this teapot to go here. I want this teapot to go here. I want that spout in this direction. I want that handle going in this direction. It's going to be amazing. When I put it all together, it's going to have a purpose. It's going to be so inspiring. It's going to be whatever. I'm not the artist. I'm just kind of reading into it. It's what I would do. So people. Ah, there we go. So here we are. I actually really like everyone to come up and get a shard, not the dangerous ones. I'd love to pass the bag around, but we'd probably all get hurt. So I'll pull some out. So go ahead. Everyone come on up here on the right and take a shard as we go. I can make more if they're too big. 
You can take a tiny one or a big one. If it doesn't seem like it's very, just you, hang on here. There's a sticker on that one. Must be extra special with the sticker. Yep. Okay, so now that you all have a piece. This bowl's never going to be the same, obviously. But this is not a business. It's not a corporate structure. This isn't something where we can, a church is not something where we can go out and recruit people. Evangelism isn't, I need you. Evangelism isn't, I need a youth group leader. Should I go out to Pioneer Park and find one? Evangelism is, Jesus left the 99 for you. He loves you. Now that you've been found, now that you've come into the fold, into the flock, get loved on, grow. But many of us have already grown. Many of us have been in the flock a long time. And we've been the 99, and we've rejoiced with that one who comes back. And then what? And then it's time to say, you know what, God? There's place for everybody. Me being one of the 99 sheep, that's fine. I love that. I still get to be around my shepherd. He still loves on me. But maybe he says, hey, I need you to you know, run out and go get that one. I need you to run out and go get that one. I want you to bring this younger sheep alongside you. I want you to become a singing sheep. I want you to become an administrating sheep. <laughs> right? There's so many things that God might be stirring in your heart to do. Once you look at your shard, say, is there... Is there a gap where this goes? God, is there a gap in our church, in our community, and I am holding back something? Do I just need to get solidified into the community with some gold dust and epoxy and show me where I fit? Where does this go? You know, maybe this is just one aspect of who you are. Maybe this is just the artist in you and there's a gap in your community or in your church and says ah there's a lack of creativity here in this place or there's a lack of administration here and you know what if it's your gift you probably see it right because I'm a mom so when I see parenting things like oh parenting thing parenting thing or when I see um when I see young kids growing up, and it's so fun to watch other kids grow up because they're younger than mine, and I can remember, oh, remember when they walked and it was so cute? But now I also see things like, oh, that looks like, it looks like something. It looks like something I've gone through. I, I hope they're okay. And I can either pray into that and see where God leads me, or sometimes he's telling me, you need to speak up because you see something they don't see. Because you've been through something they haven't been through. Because this piece is something they need. Not in a codependent way, just simply a, hey, I have, I have this to add to you. 
this might help you. Right, Farah? Farah's been very helpful in navigating services that this school district will offer. Maybe they won't tell you they will offer. But if your kid needs extra help, Farah is a great resource. And she has this piece. But if you don't know it, would you ever ask? Right? And if she hadn't been through this, then I wouldn't know to ask her. And she wouldn't have any resources for me to lean on. So we're going to take a minute, actually, to just play some quiet music and ask God, where am I going? And this isn't the big picture, where am I going in my whole life? This is, do you have something for me to add right now? Do you have a place for me in that big sculpture? Is there a gift in my life that I'm not bringing that you want me to bring? Or maybe you're at the other place of... I am awesome and I am loved, right here, broken, tiny, seemingly insignificant, but not here. Here you are significant. Here your brokenness is beautiful. Here your presence is needed and necessary and beautiful and you're accepted exactly as you are when you walk in that door. When we were first coming a couple years ago, I had to tell my kids, they fit in. I had to say it over and over again because when you're a kid, sometimes you just don't fit in in school or in the neighborhood and you're not sure, is there something wrong with me or is it something wrong with them? And kids don't have words for that. So I had to tell them over and over again, you fit in here. This is the church of no weird. When you're a kid, bring it on. Bring it to church. Bring in the rambunctiousness. We love that. Bring in your energy. We love that. Bring in your creativity as a 5-year-old or a 10-year-old or 15-year-old. We love that. You are awesome. If you don't believe it, there's a whole bunch of kid president videos I could show you, but that's not why we're here. So there's So go ahead and play some something quiet and ask God. Am I here just to be loved and accepted? Period. Or is there something I need to bring? that will fulfill this. The big picture, the part I can't see. I'm important. Where do I go? What do I do next? You hovered over the waters When only darkness covered the deep You spoke the universe in motion to 
some of you are just feeling stirred up. Oh, remember when I used to love doing this? Remember when I used to love singing? Remember when I used to love painting? Remember when I used to love gathering people? Maybe that's something being stirred right now for this season. And it's not just what you used to do. It's something that's beginning to be revived and breathed on again. This is God is doing here at What you see happening right now, our worship team and offering and everything, even our Thrive Kids program, it's brand new. This is grassroots stuff. It's just getting started. Are you a part of the grass? Are you part of this? Is God saying something else? I believe a lot of people, though, they didn't even know that there was a need. They didn't even know that they were missing from the big picture. Maybe they didn't realize that they belonged. Maybe they felt like just a super tiny shard. That's not who you are, and that's not who we see you. We see you to be so incredibly valuable. And it's not just about where can you serve or what can you do. You add color to the room. You had vibrance. You had clarity. Your presence here is necessary for us to see more of God. More people coming together just means we see more of God. He says a strand of three is not a strand of three. A strand of three is not easily broken. Why? Because we each had something. Even praying with two other people can make such a big difference between each other, being able to carry each other's burdens, and also just lifting our prayers to Him in unity. So that's it. That's what I'm leaving you with. Please take the shard home. Remember the bowl. Remember the what the Creator made. I certainly never would have envisioned that if I started with a bunch of teapots. I probably just would have put the teapot back together. But God has a bigger design than what we're aware of. So consider where you fit is awesome. How many of you guys can picture the bowl? I mean, just like in your mind, you can kind of remember, like, what did it look like? And maybe not perfect, like, you can't, like, perfect recall, but you can kind of see there was a bowl, right? That fit in her hand, right? Um, the, the really cool part is that this, this goes somewhere. This is a piece of something that goes somewhere. It, it's not lost. It's not, um, I mean, it's broken, but it's not useless when you fit it back together. So anyway, I just thought that was such a great picture. Thanks, Nikki, for sharing your heart with us. Uh, can you guys give her some thanks for bringing the word this morning? Yeah, awesome. Why don't you stand up? I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to be dismissed. After I'm done praying, we're going to have a team uh, back in the back corner that will be ready to pray for you, any need that you have. Uh, if you need healing in your body, uh, if you need to break through in any area of your life, the, the team will be ready to pray for you right back there in that corner. So, amen.
How many, how many know that sometimes we come to church and we have needs? Yeah. Um, but Jesus actually gave us what's necessary to meet those needs, right? So he, that's why we have people that'll help you with that. So, amen. Lord, I just thank you for each person, the, the specific beauty and, and significance and value that they add to your body. Lord, that every single person, despite what how, how quirky their gift might be, <laughs> well, I'm thinking of me. <laughs> despite how different we each are, God, they, every single one, every single one of us has a place. Lord, I thank you that the, that the beauty of, of the church family is when everyone brings their gift. And Lord, I just, I just speak blessing over every gift. And I, and I speak significance over every gift. And Lord, I speak, I speak a blessing over the relationships that are represented here. And, and even those that are growing in, in deeper connections with one another. Because sometimes, Lord, the, the significance and value comes when we're joined together. Just, just like that bowl being put back together with the gold between all the broken pieces. Lord, there's significance and value in the relationship relationships too. So I just speak blessing over that and growth there, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray, Lord, that that, that, that anyone here that who's wrestling over their own identity, who doesn't know what you say about them, Father, that you would begin to speak to them, that you would bring mothers and fathers into their lives, that you would that would be able to speak life and encourage them. And Lord, I, I just pray that no person would walk away unaware that they are absolutely significant and valuable to you and to us. And we thank you, Father. Amen. Amen.